Welcome to All the Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. Hey guys, today you're in for a special treat because I get to talk to Jennifer Piscata, who is the Vice President of Brand Marketing at Patron Spirits, the number one luxury tequila in the world. You'll hear how they maintain cultural relevance and stay ahead of the game by leveraging new technologies and taking big risks. Take a listen. Welcome, Jennifer, to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carrie. I'm so excited to have you. And as you know, I really believe that the story of one's career can be broken down into key moments, defining moments that really helped shape the trajectory of one's career. So I need to ask you to tell me about your three moments. Sure, absolutely. Um, You know, I think the first one is probably my first job out of school. Uh, I worked at an ad agency in Manhattan. And, you know, when I was there, I met all different types of people and worked with different types of clients. And what I remember most was just just seeing these different perspectives from different people and how that can influence outcomes. Yes. You know, and I think if you realize that every person has these different perspectives that were shaped by their experience and and their values and being able to see these rather than just relying on your own perspective, just broadens your view for for business situations moving forward. And it just helps you get to to better solutions. I think that That's true. And working in an agency for a variety of reasons, you get a diversity of perspectives from the staff and you get a diversity of client base, right? Like it's like you're not always working on only one thing. So it allows you to kind of use different parts of your brain and use really to come at it from different perspectives from different types of consumers. Absolutely. And that's that's what was really exciting about starting out at an ad agency because you get to see how different clients work and, and it really shows you that you can learn from anyone, right? Whether it's a client, whether it's, you know, uh, another colleague there, your boss, anyone. It's just, it was really interesting to, to learn like that. Absolutely. Okay. Tell me about moment number two. Okay. Uh, no, moment two would be when I, I took a chance and I actually okay. left the agency I was at and started a promotions company with a few other colleagues. Wow. Yeah. I was in my, it was early in my career. I was in my twenties. Yeah. And um, it was scary, but it was, you know, very exciting and challenging. And I think by doing that, I've really developed this entrepreneurial style that I've maintained through today. This is very interesting. So it was a promotions company like promotions events or promotional products? Uh, it was promotions events. So we did events and we did um, sampling promotions, some grassroots, things like that. Wow. And so you took that risk and you built that business with a group of colleagues and friends. Were they friends? Were they? Uh, it was all colleagues from um, some from the previous agency and some from just other people we knew from the industry. A lot of times, you know, the, the hardest part of entrepreneurship is taking that first leap. For me, I know like I fell into it and wouldn't wouldn't probably have taken the leap if I hadn't have had like a little bit of a push. I think because I was a little older already and and really like needed to be pushed in a way. For you, did you feel like you've had the factor in jumping? Like what what got you to finally do it? You know, I think part of it was I think you're spot on because I was younger. I think maybe it gets a little harder for people as they get older. Yeah, um, because you need more. As you you know, it's the stakes are higher. 
exactly. And, and I was just starting out. I didn't know for sure what I wanted to do. And this just seemed like something new and interesting. And, it, you know, I think it's just really helped um, because even in more formal organizational structures, it just I think that that sort of entrepreneurial style helps you to, you know, identify different opportunities and really bring value um, to wherever you're working. Absolutely. So tell me about the third moment. Sure. So the third moment would be when I went from the agency to the client side. Yeah. Um, and it was something I had always thought about, but wasn't sure I wanted to do it because it's it's just a, a different structure. And I did it. And I think going from an agency where you're working on a lot of different clients, but only one aspect of a brand, and then going to a, a client side where you do everything from strategy to the program to the measurement it just it it was really exciting for me and it just helped me to sort of balance coming up with great ideas but also then shepherding the brand image okay and so my question for you is about the shift not just from agency to brand but from entrepreneurship to working for somebody was that a difficult challenge to go back or did you feel ready to have that type of structure? A lot of entrepreneurs talk about this. Sometimes they can never work for somebody again. It's very challenging. And some people just really thrive in that environment. What went into that part of the decision for you? And was that a difficult choice? Yeah, no, that's a great question. It it was somewhat difficult, as I say, because I, I knew it would be more more structured. And yeah. um you know, up until then, I really hadn't had that. So it was a little bit difficult, but I will say the the next role that I went to, it was a smaller company. And I think that definitely helped. Because you were able to use the entrepreneurial mindset in a smaller company. Exactly, exactly. So like I said, it was, it was more about managing sort of the, your creative side and your entrepreneurial spirit with sort of the, the more structured formal parts that you have in a, in a client, but because it was a smaller company, you could be a bit more entrepreneurial. And I think that helped me um, to sort of make that, that transition. Wonderful. And now here you are today as the vice president of brand marketing at Patron, which is obviously the number one luxury tequila in the world. Talk to me about the cultural relevance of Patron. Like when you're the, when you're number one, there's like all this pressure to stay number one, right? And remain relevant. Talk to me about how you have maintained that cultural relevance for so long. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to, to have this role. I mean, Patron is a great brand. And so for us, um, we're a leadership brand and we do need to maintain our relevance. Um, so one of the ways we do that is we look to infuse our brand into the conversations that we know our consumers are having. Yep. We look to um, tap into that emotional connection that they've established with certain moments in culture. So whether it's sporting events, whether it's award shows, Events like that, we look to create custom creative and content that yep. we can align with those moments better and really have a stronger connection with our audience. And how do you know which moments are the good ones to hop onto and which are not as relevant for Patron? Do you have a guideline for deciding that or do you guys just go with gut? Like this works for Patron, this totally doesn't. You know, it's a little bit of both. Um, yeah. I've been on the brand for a long time, so I have a pretty good sense of what works and what doesn't. But then it's also just, you know, also seeing what's out there. There's, you know, some of the events that align with perfection, which is what our brand is all about, um, are, are more relevant for us. But it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit going with gut, but also having um, some tram lines as to what we know um, will be a better fit than others. 
but you remain unafraid to hop on to something. If you see something happen in the moment and it meets the brand, you go for it in terms of creating content. Absolutely. And we're, we're a, a very nimble structure here, which is great for yep. us. We're able to tap into these moments pretty quickly. And, and we sort of look at it as treating TV and print disciplines, for example, yep. like a lot of brands would do digital and social, where we have that quick change and we have custom content for a lot of our spots, which is, you know, a great way to stay relevant. Ooh, so bringing that kind of nimble nature to mediums that are typically considered less nimble. Absolutely. Yeah. So do additionally. Yep. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I know you guys have also gotten into some of the newer technologies too, like AR. Talk to me a little bit about your approach to storytelling through digital content using augmented reality. Sure. We absolutely have. So one of the, the ways, in addition to cultural relevance, that we want to keep the the brand aligned with our with our consumer and and touch the experiences that they're having is through leveraging technology. And actually before AR, just to touch on it, we actually did work with Oculus Rift and develop a virtual reality experience that was years ago. So that was the first way that we actually brought our hacienda where our product is made to consumers. What I love about both of these pieces that we're talking about is that you focus on cultural relevance, and then you also focus on the relevance of what's happening in technology to tap into the newest things to be at the forefront. So doing Oculus even before AR, you're really, when the new technology hits, you go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, again, as a leadership brand, we like to be on the on the forefront of these new techno- technologies because we know it's something our consumers are um, exploring and working with more and more. Just one other example before I, I touch on AR is we were also one of the first brands to work with Amazon Echo um, yes. and work with Alexa, right? So we could talk yes. about our Patron cocktails and how versatile we are. It's funny because I was looking at that article and I was so, because I was doing research on you, obviously, and I was yeah. looking at all of this uh, stuff that Patron has been doing. And and that was, Amazon was a while ago. It's amazing that you were really at the forefront with Echo. Yes. I mean, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that we, we, we look to do in a lot of these technological innovations. It's like, how can we be at the forefront and really bring, utilize that technology to bring our storytelling and brand experience to life? And Jennifer, do you expect every one of these things to hit and be a win in terms of a return? Or is it that you will go first on a lot of things and maybe a couple will hit and you know a few won't? Because obviously jumping out onto these things is a is a risk, right? We don't know technically what, what will happen when you're trying something new. It may or may not work. It's not as tried and true of, as things that have a history. But it sounds to me like that's an important part of your brand architecture is that you, as a leading brand, you lead by trying these things first. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with this type of technology and how we work, we have to be willing to take some of these risks. And yep. if they don't all pay off, we learn from them and then we, we move on to, to what's next. So, you know, we absolutely do our due diligence up front to find out what we think will work best for consumers and for our brand. But yeah, there's always a bit of risk involved. Absolutely. I love this. So now tell me about the AR. We got we were so excited by all of the new things you're doing. I didn't even get to tell you about the AR because I'm so psyched that you try all these things. Okay, go ahead. AR. Yes, sure. So more recently, we developed an augmented reality app that really um, gives a portal into our distillery. So once again, it's bringing our, our um, hacienda to life, but it's giving consumers the chance to learn about the taste of our product and what our process is. And it's sort of this, this blending of the digital and the physical world. 
Um, and that's what's so exciting. It's, it's tapping into um, a habit that consumers have, right? They're always using their phone. So now you can use your phone to learn more about Patron and again, just tell our story in, in an innovative and interesting way. I love that. And in addition to being leaders in the kind of try it first space, you're also leaders in the social responsibility space. And I know you recently launched a big initiative to communicate all of the things you're doing around social responsibility. Can you talk to me about why this was important to you and how you're getting the word out about it? Absolutely. We, and, and this is something that, you know, is, is important to me and it's, it's always been important to Patron as a company. Um, it's something that we've always seen the value in our people and our partners, but just more recently we've been, um, figuring out the best framework in which to communicate this. So it is one of our brand pillars, absolutely. Quality, versatility, and, and social responsibility are the three pillars. Yeah. And, you know, we know this is something that's important, right? For, for companies and for consumers are always looking for brands that give back, um, and take a bit more of an active role in, in improving the world that, that they're in. So yes. We, we do a lot in Mexico, which is where, where we're crafted. So we, for example, we support boys and girls homes in Mexico. Um, we do a lot of restoration projects with different cultural areas and statues, for example, in Mexico. We donate and we reforest trees in the local town of Atotonilco where we're, we're um, crafted. So um, bringing these, these initiatives to the forefront was important for us and also figuring out a way to, to thank our people and our partners. So um, we've developed short form and long form content uh, for digital and social. We yep. developed a TV spot that's been running that just shows all you know, the, the differences of um, you know, our environmental um, components as well as charity and what we've done. And then again, just supporting our, our people and our partners. So it's something that's been important to us and we're going to continue it, um, not only with communication, but with things like um, our own initiatives in the company. So for example, we're looking to move to um, all paper straws for our events that we do across, across oh, the country. fabulous. Yes. Yeah. That's such a big topic right now. I can't believe the straws have really, it's, it's unbelievable how, you know, the, really the word has gotten out about this and how important that is to people right now. It really is. And I used to yeah. brands like McDonald's and all these other brands yeah. that are doing it. So it's, it's amazing to do this. We, we're also, we, we call it low waste cocktails, but we look at different ways to educate on cocktails that can be made using um, more of the materials that you're working with. So it produces a lot less waste. Ooh, fabulous. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah. So th there's just a couple of those and we, you know, we're, we're obviously not a green company, but right. we just like to say that we're doing our part to minimize our impact of the tequila making process. And it's something that's important to us. And, and we want, we want consumers to know that. And in the, I've had a few guests recently talking about social good, social responsibility, CSR, mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And, and there is a real business case to be made for doing some of these changes and, and being able to get the word out about the good that you're doing. It, it not only helps the world, but it also ultimately helps you too, because they, when consumers see that you're doing good, it matters. Absolutely. I mean, consumers typically are willing to pay more for products that they know are doing good and the more yep. loyal to products that they know are yep. doing good. Yeah. Amazing. All right, Jennifer, we're heading over to our lightning round where I ask you three questions and you answer as quickly as you can off the top of your head, just whatever comes to mind and we will be ready to go. Are you ready for me for lightning round? I am ready. <laughs> Here we go. Well, obviously I have to ask you this one. What's your favorite summer drink? Oh, that's easy. A Patron margarita. <laughs> I love it. Um, if you can, if you could meet one 
living any person who is living today person and go to dinner with them, who would you pick? Uh, that is a tough one. I would say maybe Barack Obama, I think would be interesting on the political. Excellent. Side, so. My answer is always Michelle Obama. So it's good. Maybe we could go um, the four of us. The four of us. Absolutely. It's <laughs> <Done, laughs> perfect. Done. Out to dinner. Okay. And if you could use only one social network for you personally, which would you choose and why? Uh, I think I'd have to say Facebook, um, just because it's the one I've, I've been on the longest and I have uh, great connections there. I use it for family and friends, uh, mostly, but yeah, I would have to say Facebook. Awesome. How about for Patron? What has been the most successful in your mind? You know, we've been successful on a lot of them. I mean, Facebook, yeah. we obviously have the largest number of, of users, but we've done a great, the digital team's done a great job on Twitter as well. So, um, and Instagram too. So it's, I think you need to choose which ones that work best for your brands, but we've, um, we've had, we have good followers on all of them. Awesome. It is wonderful to have you on the show, Jennifer. You are one fabulous social lady. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Carrie. That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me at Carrie Kirpin everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.